Hi everybody, this is the Lady Bonnard for another segment of uh, her podcast called The Diary and I greet you in peace, love and blessings and all the coconut oil you can possibly <laughs> are able to slap onto to yourself. Thank you for listening to me and uh, yes, we're going to dive into this head first. You know, the uncomfortable conversations that we have with white people as melanated black Africans. So this might be a little triggering. I just want to let the Caucasian know that this is triggering if you haven't done the work. This is triggering if you haven't done critical race theory. And this is triggering if you have not rested in the militancy and the anger of black people when it comes to what it is, what is imperative for them to say instead of you driving the narrative. So let's dive into it. You cannot drive a narrative on race. You cannot come into a space, invite black people into that space or be in a black space and then drive the narrative with a diplomatic, um, anecdotal kind of fallacy, which means it comes strictly out of your beliefs and your thinking. Let's face it, the seasoning for for you and the seasoning for me was totally different but seasoning it was nonetheless and so we as black people have dived into uh, simultaneously if you dive into the seasoning of the mind the body and the spirit of black folks then you'll see the mildness of the seasoning and yet detrimental state of the seasoning of the other there's the sense of you othering black people as well. You know, you live in a world where it's not as it used to be, not as how you knew it growing up, not as your parents knew it growing up, but you had that sense of whiteness, that othering, that sense of privilege, that sense of blacks know their place and you know your place and and everything was cool and everything was beautiful and bright and lovely and yet there was rot on the other side of the othering. Eventually that rot will eat into your side of the uh, sphere as well. You know, you can't build a wall against it. You know, it just needs one crack for that rot to seep through. And this is exactly what's happening. You know, I was on a stage with uh, South Africans talking about the troubles in South Africa, you know, and it was directed mostly and it was upheld mostly as well by white people and thus the adjacency in the black face with black face, black bodies and white minds kind of conversations that should be having it infuriated me but I rested in there because this is an experiment I need to know what the other side is thinking dealing with and I also need to know how deep the seasoning is this fear of whiteness it can be argued that it's not true but it is you see it every day if you sit quietly and you listen to people talk and what is the kind of things that they talk about the kind of diversity talks that they also do this fear and the kind of language this proper language that's being used in and amongst white people is not helping them break the dissonance black people let me repeat that 
the way you talk to them in that cajoling, coddling, you know, way and in that kind of bourgeoisie style way in rhetoric and language that has oppressed us. It speaks to their privilege. It speaks to their privilege. It speaks to their superiority. They have lost control. They've lost control in their natural lives. But the system is still thriving. And yet they have to deal with you being in their spaces now. And so what is happening under a system, it, it still favors them. And they know this. So they drive these spaces. How can we have a room for South Africans being dominated by white people? And I'm thinking, where is the rooms that are dominated by Africans, by blacks? You know, so we can have our own kind of language. First and foremost, we have languages that we're eloquent in, that is African-centered, which nobody under the sun will be able to critique you for. But yet, in these white spaces, these type of English and language that's being used comes straight out of a institutionalized, you know, systemic education that if you want to succeed into this world we have to be able to sound just like them if not better that rhetoric has to go you know it takes a long time to undo the seasoning and I call it that because another brother of mine beautiful brother of mine mentioned the word and it stick with me and I said that's what it is it's a seasoning of punishment and reward punish and reward punish and reward and if you do it long enough you will always seek the reward because the punishment is unfathomable you know so this podcast is directed to Europeans Caucasians and people that identify as white remember even the identification to white even the acknowledgement of it that spells in itself a seasoning We've never asked, you know, how quickly they identify with being white, you know, you know, that it, that they would say it's a, one minute they would say it's a, it's a construct, a social construct, and yet they identify with the superior side of that social construct. That's very, very scary. That should be scary for you as a black person having these difficult conversations, but have no fear if you've done your work you've done your scholarship, if you've done your um, discipline in, in teaching yourself, not somebody else, yourself. If you cleared your mind of your seasoning, attacked your own seasoning vigorously and lovingly, attacked it with the intent that you are going to remove it, like in that movie, you know, um, Harry Potter, where Dumbledore was looking at the pensive and he was taking his wand and removing some of his thoughts and putting it in this pensive bowl that's swirling thoughts because it's just too much in the mind. And when Harry Potter looked into the bowl, you know, he could see what happened to, um, to, who, um, to, to he who must not be named, you know, how it came to be because Dumbledore recorded it in his memory and then locked it away in this bowl. And 
I wanted to bring that example for people who like Harry Potter because I like Harry Potter as well. As I like it because it's a story about a little boy, you know. Even though it's not a, a black little boy, but it's still we don't have enough great stories out there for little boys, and this one is definitely, uh, you know, the boy child hero, <laughs> the the gender people, uh, the alphabet soup will probably say there's so much focus on the little boy. Yes, it's a little boy. Come on, get over it now. You guys are little boys too. Yeah, you guys were little boys too, and you, you know, what can we say? But that's not the topic. Off topic. Sorry, audience. So. Difficult conversations is by talking to white people, and of those of us who have the constitution to do so, because many of us don't. Those of us who feel that we have the constitution to do so, we have to check our intention and our motive. Are we playing adjacency to them? Do we really want the acceptance of them? And if we do, then we have to back off, back off from that discussion. You're already stepping in there, losing. You know, if you step in there with your honor, with your blackness, and carry it with a certain sense of, of, of power, you know, certain sense of knowledge, certain sense of wisdom, you can go in there and 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 have the most uncomfortable conversation and not feel any type of way about it. You'll be able to tell certain such people that their cognitive dissonance is making them say certain things. No, not directly attacking it, but in a sense also opposing it. Opposing it with your whole mind, your whole body and your whole spirit. You oppose it. You don't even let that rhetoric fly. You don't even let a body and a person like that continue its its cognitive dissonance stance. It needs to be broken. And if you're going to break it, you cannot let them finish that la-di-da speech, you know, you know, that they are planning to do. You, you see where they come from. In one breath, they will be adjacent to the uh, liberation movement. And the next, they will speak about their whiteness. They will justify their experience in the white body. And then be so gracious to tell you that you should seek a resolution the idea, even the, the intensity comes in there that you we have to pick ourselves up from our bootstraps. It's warring words that in 2021, it definitely is. This in, idea from psychologists and psychiatrists, which has never been founded, that a people that are still trapped in trauma needs to be able to work through that trauma and needs to come from under it. Yet when that whole social economic structure is the traumatic experience. So how is it possible? If you ask any psychiatrist and psychologist, how is it possible to get up from under that trauma if the trauma is still evident every day of your life? And, and any one of them, mental health specialist, would tell you, it's not. You won't be able to get up from under it. But there's this notion that the self-help, self-love, positive words, positive reinforcements, positive thinking, that speaks to the oppression of your black mind. That you can rise from out of this. That you can strive your way out of this. That you can work your way out of this. You cannot work your way out of a trauma that is social economics 
um, and is oppressive in where you rest. It doesn't matter if you take yourself as one individual out of such peril and put yourself in neighborhoods that are less so but then you find it is more so because more than likely you will get murdered socially engineered and murdered right there with those people when they decide to call the police on your ass and you might as well have stayed where you were you know more than likely you would have you would have lived a bit longer because you are bred for that kind of circumstances you're not bred to live the oppressor's life and what about the collective because the more you integrate to make yourself safe to make yourself feel like you have pulled yourself self up from your bootstraps that you've striven so you can be used as as a benchmark for your people that's pure adjacency that's white manipulation and misdirection of a systematic mindset we cannot strive out of the system it needs to be eradicated we cannot live adjacent to it we cannot partake of it we cannot do that there is no way under even this voting systems under capitalism under the madness of this ideology under even this ideology of lgbtqi under this ideology that that now we have to remove the gender of our children the concept of it what utter madness the deformity and the 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 intent to deprave the nuclear family to break it these are the shit that we are involved in and these are the shit that plays to our detriment these are white people's constructions to fit your mental enslavement perfectly to them we have to stop that we have to think we have to come to reality we have to come to ourselves which means the system of white supremacy has to go and if you are a white person now listen to this it has to go your privilege has to go we're going to be an egalitarian state between us and if your mindset is still set on that privilege because it's you need to go into your mind and remove that seasoning just like it is being told by me and my people that we have to remove this less than attitude less than thinking and infuse it with power you have to do that in opposite to bring us into balance water rises to its own level after the turbulence you know so i find that sharing stages with some of you very difficult i find it very traumatic i find it violent on my spirit violent on my new psyche I find it perpetuates the adjacent it, it, it perpetuates a sense of forced adjacency to a narrative which has not been prescribed by anybody black that comes from a holistic black mindset even the critique against pan-africanism comes out of a sick mindset 
a confused mindset, but I understand the seasoning of black people. We have to now look at the seasoning of the white European descendants. Your seasoning has never been touched. Your seasoning has never been challenged. And your seasoning has never been broken. And if it, if and please, let me tell you, there will come a time somebody will break it violently. Which means your feelings are going to be hurt. Your feelings are going to be ignored. And your white tears will stream down and the wind will dry it on your damn cheeks. Ain't none of us coming to wipe that. Ain't none of us coming to soothe your back, stroke your hair and tell you it's okay. It's going to come to that. So before it comes to that moment where we irrevocably split from you and, and, and move into a segregation of our choosing, our choosing and leave you out in the cold, you better start infusing, changing your narrative and language and look at your misguidance, look at your motive and ask yourself, what the hell is my purpose here? What is my purpose with these black people? Why am I here if I am causing them stress? If I'm causing them strife? Why do I know that I think I know better than them? I know what's good for them. Where does that attitude come from? Where does that speaking all over black people and what they're saying because you're feeling something come from? Attack those things. Attack those things in yourself. Deal with those things. Deal with your sense of your fullness of comprehension of you being a human being, of you being needing to be heard, that your mental sensibilities needs to to be catered to look into that where does that come from and stop telling people not to go back to their seasoning and talking about how it happened because it was that violent it was so violent they had to create dissonance in you and your children so that you will be able to enjoy such violence can you understand the trauma that went into you? people enjoying that these are the kind of conversations that needs to be had with you africa is the way that it is because of white people and white ideology and black people still having a mindset of being adjacent to you we do not want that any more no adjacency no need of you We don't want that for there to be a holistic friendship, a holisticness between us. It has to be um, equal and equity comes into it. But the problem is you will claim an equality without the equity showing so, without the equity being there actually as the tool to fulfill that, you know. How is that possible? How is that possible? And so when I I was booted off that stage I realized there is no point in me talking to white South Africans I do not want to have conversations with them I understand where they come from they the children of our oppressor They are direct children of our oppressors 
and I have no business talking with them. I have no business giving them bad news. They can fall flat on their faces in a hole, sunk in there and stay in that sunken place. And I will pass that because my issue is they invite these black bodies to give them purpose, to give them life, to make it look Steve Biko has warned us against the ideology of liberalism. That's what it comes across as. Like they are boosting their numbers to make it seem like they're part of this. But there's no equity there. If a black person cannot sound black, there's no equity there. If we cannot be angry, there's no equity. If we cannot dis- discuss the 80% that your forebearers are still holding in their pockets. Absolutely, we cannot discuss that. We cannot discuss uh, the, the, the fall of South Africa in the hands of a black man without discussing his white mind. And that is something that you, white South Africans, do not cater for. The white mind. You are, a, you are just as guilty of leading my people over a cliff in their thinking that they are going to blame the black body and not see the white mind. But I am here to tell them about the white mind, which is your mind, which fits your narrative, which means ultimately your mind is killing my people. And the black body is only the blade, but you and your thinking and your privileged ideologies is what's killing mine. And with that, This is the Lady Bona, and I finished this podcast. If it triggered, it triggers. That was the point. If it doesn't, thank you for doing the work, and thank you for being a co-conspirator, and thank you for allowing us to say what needs to be said, and go out there and tell your brethren what needs to be said. Break the spell, you know. Break it like you would break a glass to free yourself. Break it. Thank you. Peace and blessings.